your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 friends, and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am indeed your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLocal and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing and want to catch up on previous episodes you may have missed or stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, don't hesitate to drop a like, follow, or subscription on your favorite podcasting platform of choice and never miss out on another episode of Locked On Jets. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. On tonight's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the Jets game against the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, which is one of their earlier road games here throughout a very busy schedule. It's going to kick off a very intensive next few weeks where the Jets are going to play some pretty decent teams. Edmonton is not one of those teams that I would be particularly worried about, but we all know that the Jets have already lost to the Oilers just a couple of days ago, so I'm not going to count them out for sure, but we'll check in and see how Winnipeg handled it. And then we'll also talk about a couple of early shifts for the Manitoba Moose and how I felt guys like Cole Perfetti, Mikhail Berdine, Billy Heinola, and Dylan Sandberg did, you know, from like the 20 or so minutes of the game that I was able to catch. Let's start with Winnipeg's opening period against the uh, the Edmonton Oilers, though, because I think there are some interesting takeaways that, you know, aren't exactly great signs. So the Jets kind of had a very wide open period against Edmonton, which is not super shocking. The Jets defensively are a little bit vulnerable, um, and of course McDavid gets a steady diet against basically anyone the Jets want to throw out there. And more often than not, uh, you know, McDavid is going to win those matchups, especially with line mates like Yesapuya Yarvi and on other lines, guys like Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, that, that top six has a lot of really good scoring depth, um, and so it's obviously a, imperative that the Jets not really take any penalties and also put out players who are going to get overmatched by McDavid's speed and skill. That's something that's almost impossible to contain for most players. But one thing that was kind of funny, and this continues to be a strange trend, but Neil Pionk was actually shutting down most of McDavid's rushes, which I don't know why this keeps happening. Pionk just doesn't seem to have any fear when it comes to McDavid, which is crazy because McDavid is like the scariest one-on-one skater you could possibly face in your entire NHL career. And we all know that from previous seasons, one thing Pionk did struggle with was recognizing where danger was coming from and actually man-marking effectively. This time, though, against McDavid, once again, this is a continuing trend, I might add, he did it again to McDavid multiple times. There was even a late odd man situation where Pionk was able to again shut down McDavid and prevent a game-tying goal, which could have changed the momentum of that opening 20 minutes and really put the Jets in a tight spot. I really don't understand why this thing keeps happening, but I love it because it's it's fantastic to watch. Pionk is proving that, in fact, he has grown so much as a defender over the past several seasons. And honestly, at least as far as like defensive markings are concerned, I thought Pionk might have been one of the best defenders for the Jets on the night, especially in this opening 20 minutes. He and Forbort just do so much work for this team, and it's really impressive to see them again performing against some really top-end competitors. You know, Pionk might be able to snuff out McDavid here and there, but of course he needs support from Pionk because, you know... Puya Yarvi and a number of other skaters are going to be right there trying to capitalize and use chaos to their advantage. Thankfully, Forbort seemed like he was up to the task too, so I was pretty impressed with that. 
Aside from that, the rest of the period was a little bit uh, a little bit of a mess. I feel like the Jets traded a lot of chances, uh, but mostly in their own end rather than going up the other way and creating opportunities there. I call it a trade, but it's more like Winnipeg got a bit of a raw deal here where they'd exchange one or two shots in exchange for like three against. So not a great opening period. Thankfully, Edmonton wasn't able to score too many. They only got one greasy goal off of an Alex Chase on rush, which if you can see the Edmonton's fourth line is probably not a great sign, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not really shocked that the Jets did concede. Obviously, I felt like at some point Edmonton's top two lines would open the scoring, but of course it was their fourth line that opened the scoring first, and it sort of reminds me of, I think, the Jets conceding to like Byron Frazee against the Sens the other day. So, yeah, a bit of an uneven period, but thankfully the Jets have really potent goal scorers, and on one of the power plays, the Jets got a really great sequence with Neil Pionk, uh, Blake Wheeler, and Mark Shifley hooking up for a beautifully worked, almost like a triangle goal. The puck went to Pionk in the middle high point, and then Pionk slaps it right over to Wheeler. Wheeler gets it across the Royal Road right to Mark Shifley. Open net for Shifley, he pots it. Great goal. And then Winnipeg's go-ahead goal later in the period was a, a bit of a fluky one. There was a bit of a I guess a busted play and clearance attempt by the Oilers around their own net. There were like three Edmonton skaters around in the same vicinity, and somehow Kyle Connor either got the puck off of a flubbed clearance attempt or something, but he like did a spinorama almost and just whipped the puck right into the top corner, which is pretty crazy from almost a standstill to pull that off, especially almost doing it blindly. Connor really wouldn't have had a whole lot of time to pick his spot. He basically just had to know where he was shooting roughly and hope that it went into the top corner and surprised Mike Smith, and somehow it did. It takes an absolutely insane release to pull something off like that, and of course we know that Kyle is one of the best goal scorers in the NHL, there's no doubting that, so you know, when he's struggling elsewhere on the ice it is concerning, but we do know that <laughs> when it comes to scoring highlight real goals, there are few players better than Kyle Connor. As far as other players I thought had good shifts, I was really impressed with Christian Veselainen every time he stepped on the ice. When he gets under pressure and he's surrounded by opposing skaters, he just seems to have a really good calmness around himself. He makes great decisions, and he actually executes upon those decisions. He works himself out of danger, makes clean outlet passes, finds correct line mates to create breakouts. I mean, there's just a lot to like in his game, and because he's a very strong physical player with a pretty good long stride, it just allows him to get into open spaces and to create space for his line mates. Every time he's played for the Jets over the past couple of games, I've been really impressed with his growth as a professional, and I feel like the more he plays, and the more he develops at this NHL level, the Jets are going to have a very special player in him. He's looking more and more like somebody who could be conceivably used on like the second line and actually excel in that role. You know, he's been a, a bit of a slow grower over the past couple of seasons. I think we were all sort of wondering where his ceiling might top out at, but those early thoughts about him maybe being like a Blake Wheeler type are, are definitely not what he's become, but I, I think what we're seeing with him now, especially as he grows into a more mature, developed power forward, it really impresses me. I'm very excited about his future, and he continues to impress despite limited ice time, so feed him a little bit more Jets. The rest of the period, not so great, but it is a road game against the Oilers, and Winnipeg has struggled to beat this team before, so I'll take a 2-1 period lead. We'll see what happens in the rest of the game. Hoping for gold stars and that the Jets actually beat Edmonton this time. Hello and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. This episode we are taking a look at the Jets versus the Edmonton Oilers and talking about some of the Manitoba Moose performances against the uh, the Toronto Marlies earlier this evening. But before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why Locked on Today needs to be your go-to number one sports podcast for your daily sports news needs. 
Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now on to talking about the Edmonton Oilers and the Jets in this second period of play, which, um, yeah, a lot happened. Winnipeg kind of came out of the gates looking pretty fast, looking very dangerous, and creating a couple of good early rushes. Uh, One of them was actually off of a counter from a Connor McDavid rush that somehow McDavid did not score on. Before you knew it, though, Winnipeg had actually jumped out to a 4-1 lead very quickly off of that McDavid counter on one of them, which was a nice Mason Appleton goal set up by Mark Scheifele. Then we had a really nifty Nikolai Ehlers snipe, and everything felt like it was going in Winnipeg's favor. You know, uh, Mike Smith got chased out of the net, the Jets were riding a 4-1 lead, everything was uh, happy and dandy for all of about two minutes before the Jets kind of started to cave in and collapse. Edmonton's depth forward started to create wave after wave of pressure, hemming the Jets' D inside their own zone and generating a ton of shots on net from all angles, which was really throwing Hellebuck off of his game. I didn't think that Hellebuck looked particularly secure in the first place, and all of this chaos just seemed to make him really uncomfortable. Winnipeg's defense wasn't really doing him any favors either, and was basically just kind of a sieve for him to kind of deal with all of the mess afterwards, and so... The Jets were just getting pummeled for most of the period, and unfortunately that did start to have serious ramifications. Edmonton cut the lead on one shot from Darnell Nurse that got tipped in front of the net, and also conceded a power play goal to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, which again, not super ideal. Thankfully though, uh, Matthew Perot a couple minutes later ended up scoring a nice tip deflection from Neil Pionk, which was, uh, you know, a little bit of a floater. I think um, Miko Koskinen just sort of lost it. It took like a delayed hop off of Perot's stick and seemed to surprise Koskin and just sort of drifting over his glove, which is actually very similar to the Brady Chuck goal against the Jets the other night. Of course, Winnipeg was still getting pummeled, and right before the end of the period, Alex Chason scored his second goal of the night, which was not great. Uh, you know, you already conceded to him once, and you don't really want to be conceding to Edmonton's fourth line, and now you've conceded again. This time, Nate Beaulieu sort of just dropping in the middle of the crease, and Hellebuck not really having any support. Chase on just waiting him out and scoring on the helpless netminder. So, yeah, that period, um, not super great. It continues a lot of the trend from this game where Edmonton was actually generating the majority of the shots and chances, but the Jets were able to sort of outscore and outgoaltend at least for part of the game until things started getting very chaotic late in that, that second period. So I'm not really sure what to make of this game. I feel like the Jets, we all know that they're not super great. This is a team that has a lot of weaknesses, and it's not super shocking. So, um... Yeah, I just feel like Winnipeg has played very sloppily. I'm not impressed. Uh, And of course, it is fun to watch Mike Smith get chased. I mean, we all know that Smith was called the savior the other day by Sportsnet. So in all fairness, his numbers recently were pretty decent. But, you know, this is the Oilers. I I think Edmonton has had serious struggles throughout this season. And I feel like the Jets really need to take advantage of teams like this because their schedule is about to get a lot more difficult with, you know, Montreal and Toronto looming ahead, especially multiple games against both of those teams. The Jets are going to have to scrap for every point going forward because it's going to get very difficult, and if they want to make the postseason, this next stretch of a couple of weeks is going to be crucial to their season. Watching this game, it just becomes evident that the Jets really need back-end help. You know, Nathan Beaulieu is overworked. Uh, Tucker Pullman's probably not going to be able to sustain a decent level of performance alongside Josh Morrissey, who is also struggling. Morrissey had earlier in the game a really bad turnover on the power play. It's like his third or fourth in the past couple of games. 
And as good as Forbort and Pionk are, you can't really expect them to just dominate every shift, especially against players like McDavid. At some point, you're going to get beat, and in a couple of instances, both of them actually did struggle to contain him because, again, it's a guy like McDavid, and that's your top defensive pairing, so not really uh, not really ideal. There were also some missed calls, but I can't really say that those influenced the game in particular. Winnipeg just kind of got curb stomped, and it's very fortunate that they were still somehow in the lead by the end of the second period. I'm really ready to see, though, a lot more puck movement from the back end. I feel like the Jets need to swap out their defensive partners. Dylan DeMello definitely needs a lot of help. He's playing with Nate Bolu a lot of the time, which is not really great for him. And uh, I just don't really know why the Jets continue to try and stash some of their top prospects in the AHL, where they may not actually learn as much as they would if they were to get called up to the NHL. I feel like Heinola and or Sandberg would be a big boost for this team. You know, Sandberg is a bit more of an unknown I'll have some thoughts on his uh, first couple of shifts for the Moose later. I think that there's actually a really good player there and somebody who might be ready for NHL duty. But just focusing on Heinola, I mean, Vili is definitely somebody who I think could step into this team and immediately make a difference. You know, Bolu is, is at this point kind of unplayable, and Marie seems to really play him a lot more than he should. Anywhere from 18 to 20, even 22 minutes a night on the worst nights where he got paired as like a top pairing guy, which is not great, so... I think the Jets need to rethink their, their deployment strategies and sort of work around this because I, I know that they know that the defense is bad. Maurice has talked about it before. He said, this team at even strength is just not that great. And of course, everyone knows that. Stats nerds know it. Winnipeg's analytical team knows it. We know it. I mean, everyone is clued in. So I don't understand why the Jets continue to galaxy brain these decisions about how to fix the problem. At some point, you just have to call a spade a spade and accept that things aren't working the way they are and try and figure out ways to mitigate it rather than just trying to shoehorn the same solutions over and over again and hope that it eventually pans out. I don't think that Maurice has an easy job. I think it's actually very difficult to try and make this team with a defense that's as thin as it is function on a regular routine basis. But, you know, by the same token, if your thought process is to put lines together like Connor Shifley and Wheeler back up on the, the front line and then make pairings with Bolu and Morrissey and all of these players who are really struggling together, I don't really think you're going to have a great time. You've got to be more patient and careful about how you arrange these pairings because the rest of the forward unit really relies on these guys being able to make a single zone clearance at a time. Winnipeg is just seriously up a hill right now and I don't really know if it's going to get better. I think this second period is kind of what I expect against teams that are you know, a lot better than the Sens, Oilers, and Canucks, namely Montreal and Toronto. Those teams couldn't absolutely tear the Jets apart, and I'm kind of concerned that the next few weeks are going to knock the Jets back significantly in the playoff run. We'll find out for sure how this game ends in just a little bit, but that's going to be it for the coverage of this game tonight. I'll have some thoughts on it tomorrow, as well as some takeaways from what we might expect going forward, and how I really feel the Jets need to rearrange this team so that they get the most from the roster. We'll also talk about the, uh, the Manitoba Moose and how their first game of the season went in just a little bit, but before then, I thought you should know a little bit about why Built Bar needs to be your protein bar of choice. If you're a long-time listener of this podcast, then by now you know I'm personally a big fan of Built Bar. If you've never had one, it's a protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Of their 12 original flavors, if you want a starting place, I highly recommend raspberry and mint brownie. Those two are my personal favorites, but you can also check out the variety box, which will let you sample all of their original flavors as well as six brand new flavors. That's right, I said six brand new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I've had a chance to try all of these flavors, and I really can't choose a favorite, but if I had to recommend one, I might choose the lemon almond cheesecake. You can't go wrong with the variety box, though, and as good as these taste, they're even better for you. With most Bilt Bars clocking in at around 200 calories or less, between 50 to 19 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. 
They're low sugar, low in calories, high in fiber, and high in protein, so they're perfect for keto diets as well as weight loss and weight maintenance programs. Head on over to BuiltBar.com to place your order, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive 20% off your next order. When it comes to online betting, finding the one-stop shop for all your online betting needs can be a very difficult process. How can you trust any of these websites that claim to be the best at what they do? If you're still searching for that one place, BetOnline.ag is your stop. BetOnline is the fastest, safest, and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Even though football might be over, the NBA, college basketball, NHL, and international soccer leagues are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, whether it's the next Stanley Cup winner or the person most likely to get voted off of your favorite reality TV show. BetOnline also features the news, scores, and odds you need to make your decisions and place your bets. Registering is free and easy. Head on over to BetOnline.ag or register from your mobile device, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action today. Register at betonline.ag and start winning. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with a couple of quick thoughts from what I was able to observe of the Manitoba Moose and specifically a couple of prospects that I think we're all really excited for. I caught about 20 or so minutes before the Jets game, but from what I saw, I had a couple of early impressions from Dylan Sandberg, who I thought was very impressive. You know, Sandberg's a very big skater, but he's actually not as big as you'd think. He definitely has like a tall, rangier frame, but I actually thought his mobility looked very good, like his lateral agility was great, he has very smooth edge work, and he was actually capable of carrying the puck up the ice and transitioning offense very quickly. He had a couple of really nice rushes, and one of them actually led to an opportunity in front of the opposing net, where once he got there, he was actually looking for a passing outlet, which, unfortunately, the Moose forwards aren't that good, so he wasn't able to pull it off, but I immediately liked the way that he thought about the sequence and where he was looking to try and set something up. It's a forward-thinking play and something that a kid of his caliber might be looking to do at the NHL level in like a second pairing role. As for Heinola, Vili basically was doing all of the stuff that we've gotten used to him doing, which is being a very good breakout creator, making very good passes, and trying to sniff out danger heading the other way. He did have a couple of sequences where I thought he was a little bit clumsy, just because I think in a lot of areas the Moose forwards aren't really great at receiving long-distance passes, and so I think Vili was struggling at times to know which outlet to use, and because he's a smaller kid, he does need to get the puck off of his stick relatively quickly, so if he doesn't have skilled line mates, that might be an issue and something that at the AHL level... He may have to figure out how to work around just because, you know, the, the Moose lineup isn't super great right now. It's filled with a lot of journeyman AHLers as well as a number of players I don't even recognize. So it's probably going to take some time for him to get used to that team and maybe warm up to speed. But once he does, I imagine he'll be pulling off stuff very easily and doing so with relatively few mistakes. I like where his head is and I think that his vision and passing and offensive zone work are all very good. Now he just has to show Maurice that he is in fact ready for the next level and that he should get the call up sooner rather than later. Cole Perfetti also scored his first career pro goal, this one a nice rebound opportunity where he just sort of shoveled a, a rebound into the net, which is always good from a guy of his his player type. He's definitely a very smart forward, and I think one thing that's going to help him a lot is, aside from having like a really strong release, he's also just really good in positioning. He has the mind of a player who is much more mature and older than he is, so he understands his positioning on the ice at all times and always puts himself in the best places to try and poach a goal. I like this high level of thinking because even though it is ostensibly a very grindy play in front of the net, it actually displays his ability to understand spatial navigation and awareness, as well as situational awareness, so that he knows where to be, when to try and capitalize on opportunities, and he has the coordination to make it happen. 
I'm excited to see how he develops with a moose because I do think he probably needs a full season in the uh, AHL before he actually makes the jump to the NHL. He might be able to play a couple of games for the Jets towards the end of the season, but I wouldn't rush him. He was probably one of the prospects that I felt was a little bit further away just because he has to do a little bit of balancing of his physical development and how he translates his play with that new frame to the NHL and AHL levels. Sandberg and Heinle seem a lot further along, so I wouldn't be shocked if they actually get the call-up sooner rather than later. I would love to see them actually get more ice time, especially Sandberg. He's kind of an unknown at the NHL level, but if what we saw from the Moose tonight is any indication, I think we're in for a really special player, and I'm very excited to see how he actually performs for the Jets. Let's be honest, both Heinle and Sandberg right now, as is, would probably be better than most of the Jets' defenders. If Winnipeg wants to make noise in the playoffs, they probably will need to turn to at least one of these rookies and let them, you know, take over a spot for somebody like Bolu. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this, though, and if you have any, be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. That's going to wrap up tonight's episode, though. Before you log off, be sure to fire up Locked On NHL. Don't miss another big hockey story and start your week off with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked on Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked on NHL on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.